Oh my goodness. Oh, I have to remember how do you say this? How do you, oh, howdy y'all. It's been a bit. How's everybody doing? Yeah, everybody looks really good. Man, baptisms are amazing, aren't they? Oh my goodness. This is terrifying, guys. I'm not going to lie. Some, you know, I see faces that I know. I see, I think I see faces I know. Y'all look a little different like um, time. I don't know what that's all about. I see some faces I don't know. That's exciting. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I see some faces I want to know. <laughs> Man, it is good to be home. TK and I and the family are so happy to be here with you this morning. We can't even begin to describe our hearts, how much we've missed you, how much we've loved you, how much that you've gone with us, that you've been, uh, you know, been with us in our prayers, but also as we've gone out and we've, we've, <laughs> and we've lived life in a different culture, in a different context. We've never lost sight of your prayers, of your support, of your love and your commitment to Christ and to see the kingdom of God advanced. And I'm here to tell you this morning, TK and I, we are not only thankful, but we're here to say the kingdom of God has advanced and has expanded in the hearts and lives of many in England because of what you think. Guys, we went over there. We had no clue. <laughs> I know you hear that. You people come back and they go, had no clue. We had no clue. You know, Winston Churchill probably said it the best way. And I think I'm quoting him. He might have quoted someone else. I don't know. He said that uh, England, regarding England and America, he said, it's two great nations separated by a common language. <laughs> he always was able to turn a phrase, wasn't he? But we didn't fully estimate that until we got there. Just the little things about how to communicate. You know, I'm popping to the loo. You know, if you said, I got to go to the restroom, they would look at you. What is that restroom? What is that? You know, you expect to go somewhere. And when you speak the same language, you expect to be able to communicate. Man, we had a nice awakening within the first maybe few days we were there that, all right, okay, Lord, it's time to learn. And so oftentimes when you're in those situations, one of the first things you can do is just kind of back up and observe. Because the last thing you want to do is bruise the unripe fruit. The last thing you want to do is go over there and somehow make an impression less than what Christ desired. And so we spent the first little uh, bit getting to know the culture and the context and to getting to know ourself and our, our place within that. And God opened so many doors for us. And it always starts the way it does because, you know, if you want to know the will of God, and hopefully that's what we're going to get to talk about this morning and kind of merging it together because, you know, we got to do, we got to do this and get it set up. But if you want to know the will of God, you know, you're, every one of us is under a general call from God. Okay? It says that the, in the, uh, when Jesus is about to go, he says, go into all the world. And if we're not careful, we focus on that. Because it actually has this continuous sense of as you are going into all the world. So the emphasis is necessarily on going. The emphasis is on the next statement. Make disciples. And Tracy and I went over with that one thing. That's what TKO decided in our hearts. That we were going to go over there with a, spe with a specific calling to go to England. 
and with the general calling of making disciples. You know, because Christ never called us to make converts. He said, make disciples. And conversion is a byproduct experience of discipleship. And so we begin to live life in the community. I was attending university and doing my master's to, to get certified as a PA. Tick, that's done. <laughs> God's good. No, no, it's good. It's been, one of, it's been one of my hearts and my desires, and it was lovely. It, but it, but it more importantly, it facilitates opportunity. TK started attending Oxford for theology. I know, right? So she's been, she's been enrolled in a, in, a, um, in, a, in a program now, and she's getting, to, she's getting to see the other side because culture in England is Christian in name in the sense of that they can say Christian. And generally, there's about three specific things, your christening, your marriage, and your death. That's Christian. <laughs> But it's, it's in a post-Christian society. And so I, I was, I was uh, blessed with the opportunity to have the easier road than her. <laughs> I got to go with people, didn't know God, didn't care about them. She got to go with people who were going to, wanting to have this calling in her life. And she got to integrate and become a part and see the way the process worked and be able to challenge people in the word and theology. We just began to do that and we opened up our home. And many of you, especially the college and career and the young adults, you remember our home always being open. And we thought, you know, that's probably a good place to start. And little by little, people began to trickle in. Relationships were, were formed and the word of God was shared. Not only that, not only do we get to see that, but out of it, we got to see salvations and rededications. We got to see people get hungry for the things of God to the place where they say, I want to dedicate my life to this. I want to dedicate my life to the word. And you sit and talk with TK, who's going through theology, and she's writing these papers and pulling her hair out, but she would get time just to walk people through things. And man, it was so amazing to get to see a culture, not like ours, respond to the gospel in such a pure way. Time would fail me today to discuss those things, but we're here, we're here for a month. Answer your question. <laughs> we're flying in for a month. We're swapping visas because my visa is expired and we're swapping for a new one because I'm working at a, at a GP clinic now as a PA and they're sponsoring a new visa. So there's some paperwork that needs to be done but we hope that we get some time to sit down and just share with you all the things that God has done. Yeah. I was looking up today and it was just so thankful. I remember, and I don't remember when, it was years ago, I don't know, I've slept. Being up there one evening on a Sunday and the uh, a big old tatted up guy with no shirt on came into the, came into there. I looked at him, he looked like a wall. <laughs> He's just sitting there and he looked, he looked like he was going to eat my lunch. He was going to beat me up. And I put my hand on him and I asked him if he'd know Jesus. He said, yes. And you know why he want to do this? He's going to give his life to God and rededicate and make this public profession. And 
I was like, all right, let's do this. Well, you know, he came in with no shirt because he had this ideology in the moment that oh, I want to, you know, I want to be here like a, you know, like God has me, he sees me. I'm so glad he decided to keep his shorts on. Um, <laughs> and uh, much like that experience in reverse, I put him under the water and I couldn't get him back up. Oh <laughs> and I was sitting there while ago and I was just looking up at this big old boy that came down and got in the water. The same guy that went down in the water just what, five years ago maybe? I don't know the date. Why? Because a willingness to obey God. A willingness to say yes. You know, we did the third service. Why? Because God wanted to. Why? Because I didn't know at the time that his wife was going to listen to a podcast that we did and get saved. And because of that, it would start a domino effect in their life. Why? A willingness to obey. But you probably ask yourself, oh, okay, God, you know, I'm willing to obey are you? Because <laughs> oftentimes we, we get there and we say, okay, God, what is your will? What is your will? Because that's what we're going to just talk about briefly today in just the few minutes that we have is being able to discern the will of God. The prerequisite for being able to discern the will of God is as follows. First, you must be willing to do the will of God. Because if you're not willing to do it, what's the point of knowing it? Yeah. Think about that. And so getting yourself in a position to be able to do the will of God is a very important thing. The obedience. See, what we do up here is a beautiful expression of worship. In fact, this is called a worship service. This is us coming together as a corporate body and we're worshiping God and we're thanking him. But if you really pressed it, if you really pressed what worship is at its core, it's obedience. The woman at the well in John 4 sitting there saying, uh, you know, y'all say we, you're supposed to worship on this mountain. We, we, we worship over here. Which is it? And Jesus, first off, says the true thing. Well, we do have what's right. But there's coming a day when you will worship, me, worship God in spirit and in truth. King Saul got really sideways. Why? Because he thought that, that uh, sacrifice was better than obedience. And so oftentimes, if we're not careful, we get into this moment, we get into this, this mentality where we want to we come in and we want to give thanks and, and, and we put God and Christ in its proper place. But then sometimes we go out and we're falling down. How can we know the will of God for our life? First, we must be willing to do the will of God. Secondly, and this is the important one, if you want to know the will of God, the first thing you have to know is the word of God. See, the Bible says that we already have a more sheer word of prophecy. The Bible is a litmus test for, the, for what you feel is the will of God. The reason is because oftentimes we come to the place to say, God, don't know if this is your will or not, but the Spirit expressly says in here, and 
If it says that, that's a good, that's a good indication that you're on the right track. Here's an easy one. You want to know the will of God? If it violates the word of God, it's not the will of God. It's like that light bulb, right? And you think that's, oh, that's, that's pretty easy. But the, here's the problem. If you're not careful, you will get into that motive of thinking something, and you, or worse, you, you don't know the word of God. Just like King Josiah, wasn't it? He was sitting there, and, and the priests come running and say, we found a scroll, and he reads the scroll, and the king goes, and he rips, because it's the Torah, and he didn't know. He goes, we didn't know we weren't worshiping you. Acts 16, 6 through and 7, paints a really beautiful picture. Whenever it says this, and we went through the region of uh, Fajiria and Galatia. I'm sorry, guys. I'm literally, I wrote these things down today. And you wonder why I'm up here and my dad's not. He had a stomach bug all night. Yeah, so please pray for him. I went and checked on him this morning, TK and I, and just, uh, prayed for him. And he gives his love, but he is just... Really tired. I wasn't supposed to be up here this morning. <laughs> well, I say that, but what does it go back to? Willingness to obey. Why wouldn't I? Goodness. Terrified right now. <laughs> you don't know. Guys, it's, it's, it's a terrifying thing to get up here and, and to... to to open the word of God and exegete the scriptures because people, you, me, all of us, we're needing a word from God. This Macedonian call though, and they went and came to Mysia uh, and they attempted to go to Bithynia and the spirit of Jesus did not allow them the spirit, I know, I messed these, I messed these words up. The spirit of Jesus doesn't allow. That's an interesting thing. Have you ever thought about that? Just want to do a good thing, God. Just want to do a good thing. Younger believers, like this morning in baptism and held here, they have this question. I want to know the will of God. Older believers, this Titus 2 model, we should get, tell them how to get to the will of God. And the first prerequisite is what? Willingness. Willingness to do it first. You've got to be willing to do the will of God. Secondly, you've got to know the, you've got to know the scriptures. You've got to, know the, you've got to know the scriptures. And not just you have to know the, the doctrine, which is the key and the important, but you also have to know the principle of the scriptures and how they apply. There's a huge weight upon the body of Christ today. People say, where is it going? I, I would say, well, man, I think it's going to getting back to Scripture, getting back to doctrine. Why? Because the world has gone so upside down, they're looking for truth. And if we're not careful and we just continue to give uh, slogans and band-aids or plasters, as you would call it in the UK. <laughs> we will abdicate the truth for a moment of entertainment and we can't do that right. you say why because most of the world guys isn't sitting in here yeah, they're not listening to my voice 
they're going to listen to Christ in you. So we've got to, we have to learn the word of God. We have to learn the doctrine and its principles. Also with, within the will of God, and this is me speaking to the younger as well, because if you've been there, you know, our faith is reasonable, guys. Sometimes you want to know the will of God. It's pretty reasonable most of the time, okay? It's pretty reasonable. And anyone who's been in the faith a long time will say, hey, <laughs> sometimes it's the basic things. Keep it simple. Do the basic things. And it's like, oh, I, I, want, I want to do this new thing for God. Well, okay, that's, that's great. And you should. But you've got to do it under the foundation of what we know. So, Another thing that's important is your desire. Your desires have to be there too. Not always. You know, <laughs> not always. You look at Jonah, his desire wasn't in it. But honestly, do you really want to be a Jonah? <laughs> is, that, is that where you want to make your doctrinal stands? Like, well, Jonah had it happen, so I guess the world's going to happen. God threw me whether I'd want it to or not. That's the way you want to live your life? No, we want to participate in the process. But we can't if we don't know the scripture. We can't if we don't say, God, what are your desires? Because my, my will is your will. I want, to, I want to do what you want to do. Another one is that we, you know, this, this charismatic gifts are a real thing. Prophecy's real. Words from God are real. God will sit there. Because Paul later on, man, he gets this vision of an angel saying, come on over. Macedonia. And he goes, well, this must be God. I've gotten down all the way down to the end of the Roman road. I'm standing here in Troas and the spirit of Christ has withstood me. The Holy Spirit has withstood me. Satan has hindered me. Okay, God. We have to be willing. How do we test all this though, guys? How do we test these things? Your desires, these gifts that so many possess in the body of Christ that testify of Christ. The easiest way to say this is once again going to Scripture. If it lines up with Scripture, you've got a pretty good thing. Word, prophecy, multitude of counsel. You know, multitude of counsel is a great thing. And people say, man, a multitude of counsel, there's safety. And I say, that's absolutely true. But you've got to know who the counselors are. Because if you're not careful, like Ezekiel said, you'll find people that prophesy to the longing of your heart. I want what my friends want. You can't, you can't isolate and insulate yourself. So what do you do? Titus 2 talks about that. Let the older teach the younger. It's not just an age thing. It's more of a stage thing. So you find some people and you surround yourself with people who have been doing this for a long time. And you say, hey, this is something that's been eaten in my heart and I don't know how to deal with it. I've gone to the word of God and it doesn't violate scripture. I'm willing to do whatever he says. Do you have any thoughts? You know, one of, the, one of my uh, favorite misquoted scriptures. <laughs> All things work for the better. <laughs> Sorry, what? I hear that so many times. All things work for the better. You, you, missed, you missed a bit. All things work together. Together for the better. If we're not careful, we make this gospel so me-centric. Oh, God wants me to, you know, this and that. No, man, sometimes you got to take a knee. Sometimes it's, most of the time, not about you. All things work together. 
Paul is trying to convey that constantly. Together. Adverse circumstances don't mean necessarily that it was wrong. Okay? Sometimes it's just a part of that together experience. Together experience. TK and I are here right now. and We feel providentially here in this very moment. And if we're... The visa that we had is great and it was good and, the, and, the, and, and it was expiring. And the GP clinic that I work out is wonderful and everything like that. But providentially, the paperwork just wasn't quite there and it was expiring and we needed to leave. In doing so, I needed to be free. So I said, I'm so sorry, I won't be able to work until I get back. And that kind of, you know, that, that, that can be a very frustrating thing. As you're trying to build a life, and you can't, and you feel like you're pointing in the direction God has said, and yet there's just this big withstanding. And I'm, and I'm closing with this, and it ties in. And so I knew that I was going to need a, a haircut, but I didn't want to go. <laughs> you ever get like that? Because it's a city away. Guys, oh, yeah. England's, not like, England's not like here. I don't know if you ever get a chance to go on the roads, don't. <laughs> a city away is a day trip. <laughs> in fact, we, we did the math. It's three times as long to get anywhere in the same amount of distance as it is here. You have to plan three times as long. And I was like, you know what, I don't, I don't need a haircut. I only get one haircut a year, not a big deal. And Tracy leans over to me and she just puts her hands on me and she says, I think you need to go. I think you need to go. I've been married to this wife, this woman, my wife, this wife. That was good, guys. It was good seeing everybody. I sure do love y'all. Make sure that you love Jesus as much as possible. I've just been crucified with Christ. <laughs> good to meet you. I've been, I've been with this, this, this lady for 21 years. You need to be hugging her. <laughs> not applauding me. Hug her. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, gentlemen, um, husbands, future husbands, it is an, you, you will be an ignorant husband if you do not listen to a praying wife and take her counsel. And man, I don't think I've learned that quick enough. I wish I had learned that year one. And what I love about her, she's so gracious. She never, she never, she's, it's that grace that comes out. Why? Because she spends time in the word and she spends time in prayer. And she comes and she says, just these little things, you should go. And I learned to listen to that and say, oh, my wife probably has to thing. So I got on the, I got on the train because I didn't want to drive it. And went up and got there and sat down and got my hair cut. And I, um. You can feel those Holy Spirit moments. Ladies cutting my hair was thinking, hmm, she needs to know about Jesus. Okay. And right as I'm thinking that, a guy pops into the, uh, into the barber shop. I just want to let everyone know in here, you're all going to hell. You don't accept Jesus in your life. You are a sinner. 
and you're going to burn. And you want me to tell her I'm a Christian. All right. <laughs> After I said culture's different than it is here, that's not normal, number one. And number two, there's about only 11 people, 11% of people even think that they're Christian over there. So I sit there going, okay, all right, God, I'm going to let this one just slide. Maybe he thought he heard too. <laughs> Anyway, so we're sitting there and I'm getting my hair cut and trying my best just to move on. Uh, and she says, what do you think about everything? What do you think about life? That's what she said. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> do you mean biologically, philosophically, theologically? What do you mean when you say life? I don't want to presume too much. Even though you know where things are going, sometimes the best thing you can ever do is ask a question. That's what TK and I have learned. Ask questions. Listen. Always don't presume. She said, well, I guess everything. God, everything. It's my jam. <laughs> Apparently that guy had provoked something in her. It was the setup for just the moment. Trailing back. And I just opened up and began to, from the philosophical, the biological, and then most importantly, the theological aspect, begin to share Christ. And at the end, I looked up and she had stopped and she was just tearful and she said, oh my gosh, no one has ever explained it to me. Is that right? I said, that's what it means to be a Christian. She, I said, she looked at me and goes, I guess I am. I said, I know you are a Christian now. See, because it's not a prayer. Prayer's great. And I'm glad we can do that. But it's that moment. Everybody, most of you have had that moment on the inside where it hits you. You're like, oh, this is true. Do you embrace it or not? She embraced it. No, no, it's glory to God. Trailing back so we can close up. Providence is your safety net. Okay, guys, when you have a willing heart to say, God, I'll do anything you will. And you really mean that? Buckle up. But realize your faith is reasonable. You do need a haircut. Go get a haircut. You know what I mean? Well, most of us need a haircut. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> I saw his face grimace a little. I said, you need a haircut. <laughs> if you look at it like a table, the word is the foundation upon which the table rests. And the legs are things like um, the Holy Spirit speaking. Um, it's like uh, a multitude of counsel. All these things are building on the foundation of the word of God. And at the top sits his will. But realize that his will, it'll work together. 
Because in that moment, if I'd have made it about me, I was unable to work, getting kicked out of the country. Why am I going for a haircut? It's not about you. And just like all those years ago, Zach, that willingness. Why? Because that's, that's where the kingdom of God grows. The kingdom of God expands because you're willing to open up to God in your daily lives. To open up your heart and your home. But you have to be ready because if she said, tell me about everything. And I went, Jesus loves you. He's really nice. He's like Santa Claus. That's why the scriptures are so important. Because there's truth and there's power. There's power in it. And it's not your responsibility to get them saved. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's your responsibility to be ready to give a reasonable defense for the hope that's in you. Hope that's in you. You know how you want to know the will of God? Get in his word. Get around people who know his word. That's their counsel. Ask God to give you desires. And that's probably the simplest thing you can do. Here's what I'll leave you with. No matter how complex your situation is, there is a real easy way. You just say, Lord, what is your will now? What is, what is your will now? And I would encourage you to do all that. Because just like Revelation 3, 7 says, God, he'll open a door that no man can shut. And he shuts doors that no man can open. We have a safety net called the providence of God. God.